Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Get view on Money FM 89.3. Good evening, I'm Chua Tian with your market view. Stock markets around the world are looking to the US for clues as to how aggressively the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates in June and thereafter. And a very important piece of information that investors are waiting for is May's Consumer Price Index data set to be released on Friday. The data will tell us if inflation has peaked and offer some insights on the extent of rate increases going forward. So what are some market expectations right now and what can we as investors do to mitigate some of those uncertainties ahead of us. For more, Jeff Ng, the Senior Currency Analyst at MUFG, joins us on the line. Mr. Ng, hi. Yes, hi. Good evening. Good evening. So, Mr. Ng, the U.S. Consumer Price Index moderated for the first time in eight months back in April, but still at a 40-year high. Has U.S. inflation already peaked and are we expecting moderation to continue in May? I think overall, if you look at the year-on-year numbers, which is mm. comparing to the previous years, it looked like it has uh, peaked in March. So it's, it's, it's coming down now in the in the months to come. Uh, but I think if we compare to the previous few months, the momentum is still there. Overall, looking at the breakdown and overall conclusion from the numbers, I think there's some demand side inflation because there's a lot of demand for airfares as well as uh, from new vehicles. Also, some second round spillovers from the, the move, the shift from uh, goods inflation towards the services. So uh, some shortages in terms of the supply chains uh, likely cause uh, this in- inflation as well. So I, I think there are still likely to be some inflation pressures going forward. Mm, and also not uh, remembering the better-than-expected showing from the US non-farm payroll last Friday, which added about 390,000 jobs. So all in, when do you expect inflation to actually peak on a month-on-month basis, perhaps come going forward, Mr. Ng? Well, I think it could start to come off perhaps uh, the second half uh, towards mm. the end of the year because right now the supply chain issues uh, continue to persist. And I think if you look at uh, like the non-farm payrolls number, they do show that the labour market continues to grow at a steady pace. So that means that uh, there's still some hiring and some wage growth as well. So all these are likely to uh, still indicate at uh, demand for uh, goods and services going forward. Mm. So apart from labour, Mr. Ng, what other components are set to continue to contribute to inflation in the US and closer to home in the APEC region? What are some of those factors and what are some of the softer components, so to speak, as well? Yeah, I think when we look at the general outlook for inflation, we are seeing a shift from COVID uh, kind of inflation towards a conflict type of inflation. So it, it means that uh, with uh, all the Russia-Ukraine conflict mm. uh, leading to some inflation, it means that these inflationary pressures are likely to be more persistent because they are disrupting uh, the, the international order. At the same time, it looks like there's uh, less on goods because during the COVID period, there's a lot of interest in buying products, but now it's more broad-based. And it's also likely to be a bit more adverse to growth. In terms of uh, components-wise, it's relatively broad-based uh, in the US mm. and in, in Asia as, as well. But I think in the US, it looks like a, a, a bit more on the increased uh, transaction costs from diversification because in Asia, uh, due to a lot of the shortages on, for instance, of food, uh, there's a lot of uh, changes in terms of uh, how we are getting our supplies from. And mm. I think that's also spilling over to the US. 
sure. And you did mention that quite a bit of factors driving the inflation caused by maybe supply chain disruptions caused by the war in Ukraine, which may not go off that soon. The fear among investors right now is that the rate hikes might be too much and too soon. And well, will it be effective in quelling those uh, supply chain issues and inflation continues? Will it be causing a recession? And how likely is a recession and when? Yeah, I think over the next 18 months, we are likely to see a slowdown in how the global economy mm. uh, is uh, likely to, to head towards. Uh, because I think at the start of uh, 2021 to, to today, we have had some normalization in economic activity. So when things happen at the start, I think the, the momentum is relatively fast-paced. But I think the issue is that when now there's going to be higher interest rates and there's a lot of supply shortages. I think that's just causing the overall momentum to start to soften. Yeah, so I think overall that may dampen on the demand going forward and I think that should also cause the inflation to start to soften in the months to come. Mm. Mr Ng, the recent statements from policy-setting Fed members did indicate that 50 basis point rate increases are likely at June and July meetings. So what are your thoughts? How effective is it going to to be and in terms of the quantum is it within within expectations but is it effective enough yeah i, I think um the 50 basis point of rate hikes in june and july is uh, relatively priced in because mm. uh, the federal reserve members have already communicated the their uh, uh their trajectory for the rate hikes ahead i think of more debate is uh, the the trajectory going forward because for, for us we believe that uh, the Fed may start to look towards uh, pausing, especially mm. when uh, the signs of economic slowdown is uh, is uh, coming to the, the, the fore. Uh, but I think uh, there's also uh, still some market concerns that the, the uh, pace of rate hikes will continue at least towards the end of the year, which means that uh, the US uh, interest rate could reach uh, three, more, closer to 3% in mm. that scenario. Yeah. Mm. And I want to turn our attention to Asia, closer to home. Beijing is dialing down on those COVID-19 rules, starting to get back into business. To what extent will these ease the ongoing supply chain issues and how does it affect the bigger picture in terms of taming inflation? Mm-hmm. I think in terms of the sub- global supply chain issues, it has been a multi-year issue. It started mm. from the US-China trade war to the COVID pandemic uh, to today with the Russian-Ukraine conflict and then the China lockdown. Uh, so I think given that uh, the supply chains had already been much stretched and, and worse compared to the conditions in April to June 2020, uh, it will take some time for this uh, recovery to occur in the coming few months. So I think uh, we are only likely to see I think a, a, a more marked uh, improvement of conditions between now and the end of the year. But nonetheless, I think it's, it's good news that uh, the worst uh, in, in China may be over as I think markets start to look towards some improvement in uh, the, the, the China growth story. And I think that's also uh, starting to fuel some inflation concerns when things go back to normal. Mm, certainly. And if you're tuning in now, we are speaking to Jeff Ng, the Senior Currency Analyst at MUFG. Mr Ng, the Reserve Bank of Australia today announced its interest rate decision and is an unexpected rate hike with a quantum to 0.85%. And we've got the Reserve Bank of India rate decision tomorrow too. So how will the APEC region react in terms of interest rate hikes if the expectation is that the US inflation will set to moderate? Yeah, I think overall the story is that we will anticipate more rate hikes uh, to, to come. Uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia was uh, relatively more hawkish than expected because I think markets were expecting only a 25 uh, basis point of rate hikes, but they hiked by 50 basis points. And then for the, the upcoming 
Reserve Bank of uh, India decision. They have already hiked, uh, which uh, in a non-scheduled meeting last month. So this mm-hmm. month, there's slightly more, more to come. As for Bank of Thailand, I think we are waiting for the economy to return to pre-pandemic levels uh, before uh, they turn more hawkish. But given that inflation is at a he- uh, headline uh, 14-year high and core inflation is starting to creep up, we are also waiting to see whether they will turn more concerned about uh, these price pressures going forward. Mm. So with the Australia is more hawkish, certainly, but we do see that the expectation is for the US inflation to set to moderate. So to what extent it would influence next few interest rate decision going forward if Friday they are releasing something that, you know, the inflation is moderating. Will that affect the frequency and also the quantum of rate hike? Yeah, I, I, I believe that most of the central banks, they will look at their own inflation trajectories. So I think if you are referring to the Reserve Bank of uh, Australia, I think they will watch for their second quarter mm-hmm. inflation numbers, which is due to be released in uh, July. So ne- next month, uh, at the end of uh, July. Uh, but I think certainly if, if, let's say, if inflation is showing signs in the U.S. of uh, coming off, I think mm. it also starts to ease a bit of the pressures in the U.S. that the, the uh, interest rate will move uh, very, very high. And I think that could also help to stabilize a bit of uh, market expectations because overnight mm. we've seen that uh, the U.S. Uh, long-term use, the 10-year use, mm. uh, have risen above 3% on concerns of high inflation and then high uh, policy rate hikes to combat inflation. Well, further away, Mr. Ng, all eyes on the European Central Bank's rate decision on Thursday as well. It's set to draw a line under its massive bond buying program to pave the way for future rate hikes. But it seems like some careful calibration is needed before dragging economic growth as well because we do know the Russian war conflict happening there. So what is your forecast at the moment in terms of the extent of the rate increase? Yeah, we believe that the ECB the mm. European Central Bank will look towards uh, ending their bond purchases because they have done a lot of quantitative easing before this mm. uh, to, to, to restore demand in, in the Eurozone area. So we believe that they will end it uh, in June. And then they also start to communicate on their decision uh, whether to increase in interest rates uh, in, in July or from July. But I think right now, uh, the, most of the members are not just looking at rate hikes, but they're looking at how much to, mm. to increase their, their interest rates. So uh, I think there's a, there's a camp that talks about more gradual communication and more gradual mm. moves. So that points towards a 25 basis point rate hike. But there's also some who are very uh, uh, concerned about high inflation because inflation is around 8%. Mm. And then that means that the real interest rates are negative uh, ne- uh, 8 or 9%. It means that if you put $100 in Europe today and then one year later, it's just like $91, $92. So yeah, that's, that's a huge concern for for them. So I think the, 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 the more aggressive uh, members will want to have a more uh, interest rate high at 50 basis points instead of the 25 basis points as well. So we believe that the communication uh, in the meeting later this week will set mm. the tone for the July meetings going forward. We saw even last week currency swaps, one swaps in the Indian rupee swaps pricing in the rate high expectations. So right now, what can investors do? What should investors invest in to mitigate some of those uncertainties? Because some observers are saying they are ramping up bets on the Aussie dollar. So anything on that front for our listeners? Yeah, I, th- I think um, there's a lot of um, currency movements and volatility because of uh, the differences, perceived differences between uh, interest rates in both uh, in two regions or, or countries. Like for example, 
uh, for Japan because of the expectation mm. that they will not increase their interest rates for some time. Mm. Uh, but in the US, uh, they are expected to increase their interest rate a lot. I think a lot of uh, the fund flow usually goes to the US and that, that caused, in fact, the yen to, to weaken uh, and it, it broke a very significant uh, barrier uh, this uh, morning overnight. Uh, so I, I think in terms of uh, rate hikes uh, in many of the central banks, it will likely help with some currency stability and, mm. and strength going forward because having higher interest rate does help to stabilize a bit of the expectation, maybe de- decrease the differences in the interest rates between the two regions and help to stabilize a bit of the volatility going forward. Mm. Mr. Ng, very quickly before we go, any final advice for our listeners right now? Yeah, I think the overall uh, arcing team, you know, in terms of what we've been discussing mm. is that, you know, higher inflation rates are likely to also equate to higher interest rates. And then in terms of the FX uh, implications, we have a belief that, you know, in, in terms of some moderation in the U.S. economic activity later this year, mm. alongside some pickup in the others, uh, will help to soften a bit of the dollar strength that we've observed over the past six to twelve months. And for instance, for Sing, Sing dollar, we still see it as being driven by inflation and expectations mm. uh, that the central bank could continue to appreciate the policy for the Sing dollar going forward. Mm. Thank you very much, Mr. Ng. That was Jeff Ng, senior currency analyst at MUFG on the line. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.